everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. Campers, do you have something you need to get off your chest? Perhaps an opinion you want to share with the residents of Camp Codger World. Maybe some advice for the Codgers or a response to something we said during an episode. You might even want to have an extended conversation with us. We're all ears and really want to hear from you. Here's how to reach us. First, just leave a message on our answering machine. Okay, it's not really a 1970s-style answering machine, but we like to pretend it is. It's just plain old voicemail. Our phone number is 505-216-6171. That's 505-216-6171. If you're a bit more technically inclined, you can use the voice memo app on your mobile phone. Just launch the app, record your message, and share it with us by sending it to our email at campcodger at gmail.com. Even better, if you really have something you want to discuss with us, we'll bring you into the Camp Codger virtual studio to record a conversation. Don't be shy. Speak up. We know our listeners will love to hear your thoughts in your own voice. As always, thanks for listening. And now let's get back to this week's episode. Today's show is called New Year's Resolutions and How to Keep Them. Yes, this year is almost over, and the new year is about to begin. It's time for that annual tradition, making New Year's resolutions. But before we delve into the topic of how to make and keep New Year's resolutions, we've got a great letter in the Camp Codger mailbag from one of our loyal listeners. Richard, take it away. This is a letter from Judy Henry, a loyal, loyal follower of Camp Codger. I never liked the word retirement. I love the Spanish word for retirement, which is jubilar. A person who is retired is called a jubilado. (laughs) Sounds joyful, doesn't it? I like to call my retirement a transformation of my life. One thing I knew was that I wasn't going to move somewhere else. I couldn't imagine leaving where I live for somewhere else. Part of that might be because I'm single, but I think it's also because I really enjoy where I live. I never worked full-time anyway, so when I did stop working my job, I had other things I already enjoyed doing in my spare time, and I just continued that. I did think that when I stopped working, I was going to need someone to call me every day to tell me how wonderful I was. (laughs) My job as a nurse gave me such joy and appreciation from my clients that I was sort of concerned about my identity. Turns out, I had no problem with knowing my worth after I transformed from a worker bee to a not working bee. My father retired after at least 45 years working in international banking. He and my mother, who was a bank wife, that is entertaining was big, and a great mother, moved to Florida where my grandparents had moved. Daddy went full speed into church volunteering. He became president of the local Dartmouth alumni group. And when he went blind, he became head of the local blind society. So I had cool parents, amazing grandparents, and wonderful role models. Thank you, Camp Codger, for helping me to get these thoughts on paper. Well, thank you, Judy, for that great comment. And folks, we really love your comments and emails. So please, please keep them coming. 
Thanks, Richard. Our topic today is all about New Year's resolutions. We're going to talk about the tradition of making resolutions, what the most popular resolutions are, and why are we so bad at keeping New Year's resolutions. Most importantly, we're going to reveal seven tips that will help you keep your New Year's resolutions. If you've ever made any New Year's resolutions, you are in good company. A survey of U.S. adults revealed that almost 40% of us make New Year's resolutions every year. So, fellow codgers, I'm going to start out the conversation by asking if you ever make New Year's resolutions and whether you'll make some or maybe I have already made some for the coming year. Gary, are you a New Year's resolution kind of guy? And if so, tell us about it. Well, you guys know me pretty well, and the answer is probably not really. I'm not that kind of guy. I've always taken the position that I'm in control. I tell myself, I don't need artificial deadlines to make changes in my life. But this year is somehow different. I, I think it was possibly turning 75 a couple of months ago. But I decided this is the year I lean into aging. A big part of it, to me, is not just letting things happen, but making a conscious choice. As we go older and our work and family responsibilities are diminished, we have so much free time that I find it's easy to procrastinate. You tell yourself, Great idea. Plenty of time to start that tomorrow. Manana becomes the default starting point for big changes in your life. Anyway, this year I'm working on a few resolutions. Long term, they certainly won't be finished in 30 days. Mine are really what I'd call full year resolutions. So Gary, what resolution have you made for this coming year? Well, I've actually made several, but I'll keep it short and pick the top two. The first is mindfulness. I really think I need to develop a practice of spending more time in the moment. You know, it may become routine meditation or just taking the time, as Ram Dass said, be here now. And then something I've mentioned on an earlier episode, gratitude. I want to take the opportunity several times today to be grateful for what I have wonderful family, great friends, good health. It's so obvious if you take a moment to think about our good fortune, but surprisingly hard to do. And kind of a minor resolution, like many millions of other Americans, I want to lose some weight. This year, I'm going to lose the 10 to 12 pounds that I've been trying to do for the last two years. Hey, go for it. We wish you all the best and hey, we're going to be talking about ways for you to actually get her done, as they say. So, Richard, how about you? Where, where do you stand on resolutions? Boy, I haven't given the kind of thought that uh, Mr. Ebersole has given. But I am happy, happy that I'm finally in the majority. I'm among the 60% that don't make New Year's resolutions. <laughs> uh, part of my logic is, why take the time to pledge to yourself you're going to do something or try something when almost surely you're going to fail. By the way, I was at a dinner party two nights ago and asked the crowd, how many of you make New Year's resolutions? Well, two-thirds of the people at the party do not. It kind of reflects what your statistic. Uh, but why take on something that you know you virtually no in advance, as Gary said, about the last two or three years of trying to lose that weight, you're going to fail. That's my stand, and I'm standing by it. 
You sound like grumpy old me, Richard. <laughs> What's <laughs> happened? Oh my God, that's so sad. <laughs> well, guys, I thought about this a lot, and I don't make re- resolutions in the typical way. What I've done for years is put together maybe a half a dozen goals. I'm more about goals than resolving to improve. Those two things overlap for sure. But I think it's interesting that the tradition of resolutions has gotten to be something where there's something we need to fix, doggone it, and we're going to fix it, right? And I don't tend to do that. I tend to make a goal to, to be a better person in some way, you know, take better care of myself. So in retirement, as I venture further and further into retirement, and we've talked about this, if I have a resolution for this coming year, it's to embrace this retirement journey that I'm on and make sure that in the next year I work less than this year and make sure that I take the time to do the things I want to do that sound fun as opposed to the things that my whole life I've been doing because I needed to get something done or make money or whatever. So that's kind of where I stand. Well, Randy, that is a great resolution. I may make the same one, even though I don't make resolutions. Embrace <laughs> retirement. We talked about this, and, and, and we talked about the fact that when we surveyed our loyal listeners, and thank you guys out there, uh, retirement and retirement issues was one of the main things they right. want to hear about. Yep. So it's, it's no wonder that we're all still grappling with this. Yes. Uh, we will be discussing this in the future. Let's have a little fun with this topic before we delve into the positive things that we can do to actually achieve what we want to achieve. Let's talk about the most common resolutions. Which do you think is the most common resolution made by adults at this time of year? Gary, take a wild guess. Oh, that's an easy one. Yeah. Lose weight <laughs> or exercise more, but they're kind of in the same vein. But I think lose weight is number one. Yeah. How about you, Richard? I echo that. After the last month of gorging on everything I normally don't eat for the rest of the year, losing weight is the only number one. Well, you're both close. Because the actual <laughs> and, and you know when it, no when no it, cigar huh no cigar but you're close. Are we playing horseshoes? Uh, no, it doesn't. Close only counts because it's fun to talk about this. Okay. Um, exercise more is the number one. Roughly half the people who make resolutions put that on their list. Now, given that, the next three are almost all tied. Eat healthier, lose weight, and save more money. Those are oh. the next hmm. the next tier. So you guys were right in that, you know, exercising and losing weight is like right up there. How about the next tier? About half the people say exercise more. About 40% of the people who make resolutions say eat healthier, lose weight, and or save more money. Hmm. So then there's another tier at about 20% of the population. Take a while, guess what's in that. I'll take one. Spend more time with the family. Okay, that's on the list, but that's a little further down, but that's hmm. a good one. That's a good one. Gary, what do you think? I think get a better job. <laughs> ah, you nailed it. You nailed it, basically, because the way they've written it uh, on this survey, pursue a career ambition. So mm-hmm. certainly job-related. Yeah, for those of us who are younger, I, I'm kind of surprised that's not further up the list, honestly. 
to close out this one, taking up a new hobby is pretty high on the list. I love this one. In this third tier, spend less time on social media. (laughs) That actually makes the list pretty high up here. Take up a new hobby. That's a good one for anybody, but certainly seniors like us. Cut down on drinking. Renovate part of the house. Spend more time with family and do more charity work. We've had some fun with this. There's one more statistic I really want to share. Did you guys know that most of us are really bad? I mean, talking really bad about (laughs) keeping resolutions. Most people quit on their resolutions before the end of January. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And only 9% actually achieve their goals, which in some surveys, that means keeping at it for more than two years, right? And whether you've achieved it or not, some of these goals are are ongoing, you know, spend more time with the family. You can always do that. But anyway, (laughs) I thought it was amazing that we're all so bad at this. We all do this (laughs) resolution thing, and then we're so bad at it. So I want to spend the rest of the episode sharing the top tips for New Year's resolution success. The three of us have all read the results of a study by experts at UC Davis Health. So let's reveal their top seven tips. According to experts at UC Davis Health, the number one tip about keeping New Year's resolutions is this. Be picky about your resolutions. We may want to lose weight, eat more vegetables, volunteer more, quit smoking, spend more time with family, all the stuff we just talked about. But experts say that's too many goals to set for a New Year's resolution. Pick one or maybe two things you'd like to focus on and go all in. This sets you up to achieve specific goals instead of feeling like a failure for hitting none of them. And personally, I think that's a really good idea. I don't think I've ever made two resolutions or set two goals in one year. There was always way more things on the list. Hmm. Well, Gary, why don't you share the second tip The number two tip was plan your resolutions. I think that's a great idea. It's really best to plan for your goal. You got to think through how you want to accomplish your resolution and how long it might take to reach your goal. I'm personally an evidence-based guy. I like data and that can help me understand what it's going to take to accomplish something. For example, just saying you plan to run the Valentine's Heartbreak Marathon on February 11th in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hello, all our fans in Greensboro. Wait a minute. That's on my list. (laughs) No, it can't be. (laughs) But if you do say you're going to do that on February 11th, but it doesn't really work if you start training on January 1st, especially if you haven't been running at least 15 or 20 miles a week as your starting point. Plan a training program that acknowledges your fitness level and the time you have to Mm. be available to prepare. And be realistic in your plan for success. Whatever you do, don't expect magic to happen for any resolution, whether it's a fitness goal, losing weight, or learning to play an instrument. Thoughtful planning and consistent execution make a difference. Yeah, amen. Amen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Richard, take it away. Another tip on the UC Davis list is setting very specific goals. I had a uh, an industrial psychologist counsel me when I was at the LA Times about this, and that was 
very much at the top of his list. Daily, he wanted me to set specific goals so that I could accomplish things, look back at the end of the day, and you can look back at the end of the year. I have done this, and this is how I got there. So I hold my hand up way high on setting specific goals for anything. It doesn't have to be a New Year's resolution. It can be any resolution. Yeah, and especially when it comes to things that are as popular as I'm going to exercise more. I think being specific and saying, I'm going to exercise for 30 minutes, five days a week. Um, I think that's one key to uh, resolution success. I can think of one other thing, and that is to record what you do. I love to put down exercise 20 minutes Thursday and then Friday exercise 20. And you look back at your week and five days in a row, you've done it. Yeah, these are all great tips so far. Tip number four is don't take on too much. Start small. Avoid setting an overly high expectation of yourself. If you'd like to lose weight, pick a small but realistic weight loss goal. Maybe that's losing 10 pounds in two months. And once you reach that goal, you can think about losing another five pounds. In other words, don't put on your resolution, I'm going to lose 100 pounds. It's just (laughs) too big a chunk of a goal to set when you can go small and then keep adding on to your progress. Randy, aren't these just life lessons, not just resolution lessons? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know if this is true, but I would like to think that seniors are better at setting and achieving resolutions than the the younger part of the population. I hope somebody does a study on that, or maybe if you're listening out there and you know of it, pass that along to us, because I would really like to see that as the reality. Because let's face it, we've all had practice setting goals and uh, working on resolutions. And by now, we ought to be better at this than we were when we were <laughs> right. 30. Or, or we've right. learned enough about setting goals and failing that we don't even bother anymore, right? <laughs> well, that's certainly a possibility. <laughs> so, Gary, share another one of these tips from the experts. Tip number five, choose a new resolution. I like this one, which suggests that you should avoid picking a goal that you tried in the past but failed. We all know the old cliche, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is a definition of insanity. It's not always true, but you kind of get the idea. So pick a new resolution, maybe something totally different, perhaps a more modest goal that increases your chance of success, as Randy talked about earlier. A small win sooner can sometimes lead to bigger wins down the road. And if you really, really want to repeat your marathon resolution, unlikely, just adjust the goal. Instead of targeting that February marathon, pick one in May. Give yourself more time to Mm. train. Better yet, pick a flat marathon. (laughs) (laughs) Trust, Trust me, having run many marathons when I was younger, training and selecting terrain matter to the beginning marathoner. It really makes a difference if you're doing hilly marathons like I did in San Francisco in the San Francisco marathon. That's a hilly marathon. Trust hmm. me. Hmm. I, I can't even imagine, Gary. I can't even imagine running a marathon. No. I was never one of those kind of guys, but good on you if you did it. Many times. Richard. Number six. Number six on the hit parade. <laughs> Casey Kasem. That's oh, right. Gosh. That's right. Oh, number six, identify accountability partners for support. 
I love this one. I had years where I walked the Rose Bowl with a friend. We got up every day and got out every day at the same time and walked the Rose Bowl. Believe me, there were so many days that I did not want to get up and not want to get out and walk the Rose Bowl. I just, oh God, but I did it. And once I got up because of my obligation to my friend to show up, it was wonderful. It was a great thing. And it was great to look back on, as I said, at the end of a week or a month and know that I had walked the Rose Bowl with my friend five days a week for a month. I think accountability, having a partner that depends on you and you depend on them to get this thing rolling is a wonderful aspect of setting resolutions. Actually, having a partner training for a marathon makes a huge difference. Uh, Who did you run with? I ran with my wife, and she was a better marathoner than I was. (laughs) Typically at the end, she'd take off and leave me in the dust. (laughs) I'm okay. She was was a great marathoner, and she (laughs) finished sooner than I did, but I finished, and that's okay. But doing some of those long runs, when you're training for a marathon, typically you work up to long runs, and two weeks before the marathon itself, you'll do your 20-mile run. Got to do your big training run, and boy – Getting up on a Sunday morning and saying, I'm going to run 20 miles today before breakfast helps to have somebody there that you don't want to disappoint. You want to support the other person. So it worked for me, having a partner. I think it's absolutely critical in those kinds of things, especially physical stuff. You and I both describe physical stuff that we do. Randy, you're going to close it up with number seven, right? That's right. (laughs) As much as we liked number six, and I think we all agree, number six is a great one. It's a great one. Yeah. We all need a buddy sometimes, right? Number seven on the top resolution success list is give your resolution time to become a habit. New routines don't just become habit overnight. A 2009 study found that on average, it takes 66 days to form a new habit. I don't know if that's true because I've heard of other studies saying at 30 days, you've pretty much created a new habit. But the point being, you're not going to go from uh, January 1st to January 2nd with your new habit in place. you got to keep after it. If you have minor setbacks along the way and you don't hit your goal in one week, maybe pick back up and just dust yourself off and keep at it and work on it next week. Just keep working at your goals or your resolutions, and eventually they will become second nature, according to experts. Let me ask you something. This bit about being patient with yourself, it takes 66 days to form a habit. How do you maintain patience for that 66 days? You're 79 years old. Some of your habits have taken 79 years to develop. <laughs> oh, no. I had these when I was three. <laughs> well, it, honestly, I mean, we're, we're kidding around a little bit, but some of that answer is go back to number six. Get yourself a buddy so that you're right. accountable to somebody, you know, and not just yourself. Right. Uh, pretty soon, I mean, and I know this from you because you t- you've talked about it. At the age of 79, you're one of the, the most consistent walkers of anybody I know. Absolutely, That only happened because you made it a habit. And your, your friend at the Rose Bowl helped you do that. Right. So good on both of you. You guys figured out a way to, to motivate each other, and you got yourself a life habit, which mm-hmm. is really what resolutions are. Exactly. That's, that's what it comes down to. We're trying to create a life habit 
that makes our lives better. It's not a one-shot improvement. It really is about changing the way you live. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking at the clock on the Camp Codger wall. I think it's time to wrap this one up, but I had a lot of fun talking with you guys about this, and I hope we hear from our listeners because this was a great topic, and it's one that you know we're all going to deal with, whether we set resolutions this year or not. There will be times when we want to achieve something new, even in our later years. So let's, let's uh, remember this advice. We now know the seven tips that will help you keep your New Year's resolutions. Most resolutions are about how you can improve your life, your health, and your happiness. So we hope you achieve your goals. When we all resolve to improve ourselves, we help to make the world a better place one life at a time. So let us know if you're making any New Year's resolutions and send us a comment to tell us how it's working out. Thanks for hanging out with us here at Camp Codger to talk about things that matter to people in their golden years. If you like this show, please tell your friends and post about Camp Codger on social media. Even if one of your resolutions is spend time doing something besides social media, you still have time (laughs) to, to give us a little shout out about Camp Codger. And when you do, we'll send you one of our I'm not old, I'm vintage bumper stickers to put on your car. Just ask and we'll send you one for free. We hope this past year was a great year for you, and we hope next year is even better. We'll see you next week right here at Camp Codger. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger on your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 505-216-6171.